Rabbi Brian Mayer returns to Tapestry with a rather astonishing proposal. What if God were mediocre? I don't mean mediocre that it's kind of like crummy, but maybe God is sad that God can't control everything the way God wants to control everything. The same way I get sad and mad that I can't control everything the way I want to control everything. The idea of perfecting the self looms large in the world of religion. Today on Tapestry, two people who say perfection overrated. When Nadia Boltz Weber called her church House for All Sinners and Saints, she was giving a nod to something she believes in deeply, that sinners play as big a part as saints do in the whole religion thing. If Pastor Nadia makes room for imperfection in human beings, my next guest goes one step further. Rabbi Brian Mayer says it's entirely possible that the divine isn't so perfect either. Rabbi Brian is the founder of Religion Outside the Box. He's in Portland, Oregon, but most of his congregation is online. And just a heads up, some of the language you hear might be rougher than what you normally find on our program. Welcome back to Tapestry, Rabbi Brian. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here. Now, when you send out newsletters, uh, you usually sign off with a piece of spiritual religious advice for people. And one of the latest, this one caught my eye, have courage, be mediocre. Tell me what you mean. Well, uh, the idea is that we all, not only me, need to take it a little easier on ourselves. We don't, uh, that the striving for perfection is killing us. And what if life isn't graded, but it's pass-fail? And what if you pass just by, by being? Oh, say that I, again. I, I, what if you pass just by being? So that would be enough. Just to just to be right? would be enough. I mean, it's a crazy idea. I'm, wow. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm going to say that we should all do it, but maybe we could all try it from time to time. We could all just try to. I mean, that's one of the things Judaism really pushes: is the idea of Sabbath, of some time off, of some time to not work and to be. Do you do you see this as a as a spiritual slash religious issue? Is is this a, a spiritual oh, thing for you? Tell tell me about that. Um so uh, I just heard from a a priest by the name of Kevin Yell who said that all spiritual advice comes from the very opening of the song uh, Singing in the Rain. You know where it goes do be do 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 be do. And he yeah, says yeah. that's exactly the spiritual advice is that it's the balance between do and be. The dooby-doo is the spiritual advice. <laughs> right? And that all of us do, and we do, and we do, and that we, we all, we tend to think of ourselves as what we've accomplished, what we own, what we think, how clever we are. Uh, but it's who we are when we're being, and being in relation to each other, and being in relation to the world. I think that's a huge spiritual pursuit for us is to just tr to take some time off to be and people stink at this they pe it's not going over so well uh, have you been out yeah no i suffer from this i'm i'm, right. I'm exhibit I, I a do too yeah i well that's why i preach it is i'm preaching to myself <laughs> taking time off is hard and i guess this is kind of the paradoxical part is that part of doing it well is having the courage to not do it perfectly 
Well, it's kind of like meditation, right? Like just get it back is. on the mat and you're going to stink at it and Amen. you're going to keep stinking at it and just get back on the mat. My, my, my meditation teacher, said, he, he defines meditation as that which you do while you're meditating. That's where I'm, I'm getting at is that we all have to be able to not be great and then to try things. I tell the kids at my school when they, they, they don't do oh, I can't do this. I say, you know, it's really funny because when my son started walking, he walked perfectly the first time. I'm like, really? No, of course not. He <laughs> fell all the time. <laughs> here's the thing. If I gave you something and I said, go on the Internet and here's this exercise to do for five minutes on the Internet, which will help your spiritual religious life, everyone would be like, oh, click, click, let's do it. Yeah. And if I say, okay, here's your spiritual religious homework for this week, sit for five minutes. No one can find the time for that five minutes. So if you were prescribing homework right now to everybody who's listening, what would it be? Well, I got two. Okay, so okay, one okay, would be okay. exactly that one, which I'm going to reiterate, which is, okay, everyone, you got five minutes off. Try it. Sit in your chair for five minutes, and if you stink at it, stink at it. But sit for five minutes, and there are no rules to it. Just sit. Okay, and so that would be that homework, but then I have other homework because you asked an open-ended question, okay, so go, I get to answer. You, go ahead. Knock yourself uh, out. Another, another bit of homework. My other bit of homework would be on, on some night at dinner, I want you, whoever's listening to this, uh, to tell the people you're at dinner with who they are to you, who they are to you. And it goes back to what I was just saying before about how we think we are our stuff and our thoughts and da 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 but we, we forget how important we are to each other. And so take the beginning of, uh, of a dinner on Friday and go around the table and tell everyone, say, I have this goofy homework assignment from Rabbi Brian on the internet, and he was on Tapestry, and I have to do this, so excuse me. But I have to tell everyone who they are to me, and it will change the tenor of dinner. And we won't be talking about the coolest meme you just saw or an app or something, but it really elevates it from a... From just eating to dining and, and makes it a holy experience. Well, what's happened at the mayor household when you've tried this out? Tried what, it. We've been doing it for years. Uh, and, and what It's ha- now what getting happens? better. It used to just be Jane and I who did this. Um, and then people, uh, we had a guest over and we'd tell them who they were to us. And then people kind of started inviting themselves over on Friday night. And they go, oh, you're still doing that thing? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, okay, we'll tell you who you are to us. So I always do it. Jane does it, and now our kids are beginning to do it, and they're four and six, and it's adorable. Um, and I can't tell you how well this, you know, this spiritual uh, training ends up because my kids are only four and six. But I think what a wonderful thing that they're growing up in a house where at least once a week they're hearing from their parents who they are. Something you try to do with your project of religion outside the box online mm-hmm. um, is is to Think about and come up with broader definitions of of what is divine, you know, so that that Mm -hmm, if if mm -hmm. people are retreating from old ways of thought, they don't have to be stuck in that old box. Do you think do you think there's any room for concepts of God as mediocre or imperfect? So so you don't that's not that's not heresy. That's not sacrilege in your books. I mean, this is, is a huge one, So, but I, I like it. What if God were mediocre? It's a bizarre concept, but let's just, lightning hasn't hit me here yet. Um, one of my best friends died, uh, one of my best friends in the world died in January. Um, and 
you know, the question why always goes unanswered. And I know, Mary, you've had your your losses. And the how do you deal with it? And if I think about having a cup of coffee with God, right? I'm going to anthropomorphize God in that sense. but And that maybe God is upset that Shauna died too. And maybe God, I don't mean mediocre that it's kind of like crummy, but maybe God is sad that God can't control everything the way God wants to control everything. The same way I get sad and mad that I can't control everything the way I want to control control everything. And what if God were, I'm going to put some quotes here, what if God were more human like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, if it even says in the beginning of the, 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 the Torah, it says that we are created in the image of God. I ain't perfect. I make mistakes. I error. Maybe God does too. Is that a, uh, you know, I can see that being both a more comforting and a less comforting notion uh-huh. to people that God might somehow be imperfect. Can you can you see it sort of yeah. hitting both ways? But here, here's the thing. Um, Abraham Joshua Heschel, a famous rabbi, mm-hmm. uh, wrote a book called God in Search of Man. And if he were writing it nowadays, he would write God in Search of Humanity. Uh, is that maybe God wants more connection. And I I feel very strongly with this, but I'm not going to tell you what exactly I'm using the word God to mean, but maybe God, however you who's listening, understands the word God, maybe that notion of God wants to connect with you more. And that that notion of God, I feel a lot of people treat God the way that they treat a guest who they didn't really want to invite to Thanksgiving dinner to whatever holiday dinner, but they kind of invited because they felt they had to. And then that guest comes but knows that they're not really welcome, but they're kind of there. I think that's the relationship a lot of people have with God and that God would much rather you uh, say, oh, God, go f- yourself for my friend's death. Like, and, and then at least it's real and that we're recognizing God and even recognizing being mad at God. And I realize I think I just cursed on um, wow. Canadian public radio, but I get I get I get the passion behind it. I get the I get the sentiments behind it. Right. You know, you don't want Shauna to be gone, right? Or or your husband or someone's dog or whatever it is that God wants to have a relationship with us. God, howsoever we understand God, and the only way to have that relationship is to roll up sleeves and to say, you know that. That pissed me off. That was wrong. And then listen, wait, hear what the response is. And and to further, to deepen, to to have that relationship. I'm going to give myself homework for this Friday night. What's your this homework? This Friday night what? when I'm going around the table and telling everyone who they are to me, I'm going to tell God who God is to me this week. I haven't done that one yet. Is that something you'd share on the radio? Do you know what you'd say? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, there's a, there's going to be some gratitude. Well, I'll do it right now. Why, why not? Yeah. Um, God, thank you for all the blessings I have, and thank you for, for being patient with me as I really treated you stinky for a while, and I'm glad that you and I are bu- more buddies now. And I thank you for being my buddy. I don't. I don't want to jump on you. Is there an amen or? Is, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to interrupt. I don't this. know. <laughs> I've never done this before either. <laughs> so here's what's striking. What you just said, which I love, by the way. Thank you for 
bringing it out on radio, um, it sounds to me like something you might hear at a an evangelical Christian congregation where, you know, God as buddy is uh, is something that exists. I've never heard it from the Jewish tradition where, you know, God, you, you, you can't even spell out the word. It's, you know, G-D. <laughs> it, it, you, you are meant to be so yeah. filled with awe. So how do, like, yeah. does it come easily for you to say no. G-D, thanks for being my B-U-D-Y? Why? Oh, funny. Uh, no, I grew up with a very... Uh, messed up relationship with God. And that was one of the things of being Jewish. And I found there are people who aren't Jewish who have the same relationship. But I have this, I always had this notion that, okay, that was something they did. Like they they believed in Jesus. They believed in Santa Claus. They believed in life after death. And uh, they had a personal relationship with God. And we don't do any of those things. Uh, but I found out, okay, actually Judaism does have a notion of life after death. And, and why, 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 why don't all of us own our own notion of God? And they, there's this notion, and there are four different, uh, four different categories that God falls into in the in the northern hemisphere. That people see God as authoritarian, benevolent, critical, or distant. Mm. And I like to add in so A, B, C, D: authoritarian, benevolent, critical, or distant. Um, and I like to add in E, which is everything else, because the God I believe in on some days doesn't fit into those four. So it's my own understanding of God. And that's why when I write God, I don't do G-D. I always write uh, the God of your understanding. Yes, I know. the God of my understanding. And I'm, uh, I'm on your website quite a bit. I get your newsletter. And that is the term. It's, it's the God of your understanding. You, I mean, right. you, you want to make sure people are quite outside whatever box might have been fencing them in. You're really outside the box with this. I have a, a my best... Uh, my best buddy who's a retired minister said, Brian, I, he, he said, Brian, I always kind of danced on the other side of the line and pushed the box. He said, but Brian, you don't even think there's a line in that there's a box. <laughs> and is that friend right? Are, like, are you so far out I of like the box that. there's no box anymore? I don't see it anymore, no. Um, no, I don't quite understand all these terms that we come up with with Jewish and Christian. And I don't think God plays teams and that God ma- that makes any sense to God. So when I want to get back to this notion of God as being possibly as imperfect as human beings are, or at least right. having some element of imperfection or mediocrity, do you think when we remove um, the sacred from the big pedestal that, that, it, that it becomes something more um, profound or something more close to people? Does the pedestal get in the way? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of the same way. Uh, you ever meet someone who's been your hero? Yes. And you don't, you just can't even talk when you're with them? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I met Dr. Gabor Mate, who's up there. Oh, with, yes. Uh, yeah, he's been on Tapestry. I, I, I couldn't talk when I saw, when I was, I, I, I just couldn't talk. I couldn't say a word to him. And it, it was, it was that kind of experience. Uh, does he, like, know, does he know that, this, by the way? I mean, he's a big I, CBC listener. He might be yes, hearing you I, right he now. Yes, I email. Um, uh, I, I will email him again. Uh, and it was this bizarre moment of he was too, it, it was it was stifling. I was I couldn't speak. I think we have that with God, and I, I, God doesn't want that. And so you remove uh, the pedestal, and things become more things human. become it's, more human. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is a weird thing with God, but it's huh. like huh. I, God wants what God wants is a relationship. And if if that that pedestal keeps us from seeing God or having a relationship with God, you know the. It, Pope Francis right now, he's getting all this press for that he actually makes his own phone calls yeah. and he just calls people yes. and it throws people off. And he's like, why should it throw people off? I'm just using the phone. He just called the head of the slow food movement in Italy. Right? It was this beautiful conversation. Well, why shouldn't he make his own calls? He's the damn Pope. Nobody expects right. the Pope to pick up the phone. Right. I don't think you're supposed to say damn Pope. Sorry. No, I, I know. I know. But you started with the swearing. <laughs> So I, I think it's the same way. I think the, the same way that Pope Francis just wants to be in relationship with people and that he doesn't see that he shouldn't be. I think God's the same way. This is great. Now we have a rabbi using the Pope as a metaphor for God. <laughs> it could only be That's you. Good. I like that. <laughs> I, like I actually that teach too. at a Catholic The school I teach at is a Catholic school. I kind of enjoy that. That fits in, too. So, yeah. so I want I want you to keep those papal metaphors coming because that just kind of you know just makes makes the it whole makes me, it sorry makes me well, happy it make, makes me happy too. Uh, listen, it's always so good to speak to you, Rabbi Brian. Thank you for being here. Oh, you are welcoming. Please keep doing all the goodness you're doing in the world and helping us to see spiritual religious stuff not as in a box, but a little bigger than that. Rabbi Brian Mayer is the man behind Religion Outside the Box. You can find a link to his website at ourscbc.ca slash tapestry. Something Rabbi Brian said a minute ago really struck a chord with us. This idea of taking a minute to tell the people around you what they really mean to you. Our colleague Jody Martinson tried it out on the streets of Vancouver. I'm working for the show Tapestry. And there's a rabbi on that show who thinks that people should, at dinner, instead start the, the dinner off by saying what they mean to each other. And I wanted to see if I could put you on the spot here and talk to each other and tell her what she means to you. She's, uh, I'm lost for words. Uh, she's a very, very special friend who has been now for going on almost 40 years I'm 4,000 miles from home and uh, we have the uh, luxury of having uh, this evening together in Vancouver just one evening together wow I'm catching you at a very special time what does he mean to you very dear friend from a very long time very special person to me Wow, and so even though you don't have, your lives don't intersect, you still have this relationship that you've, you've nurtured for all these years. I'm putting him on a plane in a few days, so we've had a lovely visit. Well, isn't that nice? And how did it feel to say that here in this noisy street? <laughs> Rather strange. <laughs> I'll have to give it some thought as I walk down the street. Um, what's going to become of this audio interview? In the car listening to the radio, and we'll hear it. Hi there, can I bother you for just a moment? Sure, uh, well, Alicia is my wife. She's uh, the mother of our daughters and a fantastically brilliant woman. 
Afshin has, uh, is a friend of mine from France, and I've known him for about uh, 30 years, and we're like brothers. We're very, very close to each other, and he's kind of like uh, my uh, personal uh, advisor as well as one of my best friends. It's basically, he's my brother. You know, whatever I have a difficult situation, I always consult with him. And we're both Baha'is. Well, thank you very much. That was terrific. Thank you. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.